What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because life is just one big experiment. Special solo bonus edition of the show for you today where I try and use this format to catch you up on some of the specific projects I've been working on outside of the traditional interviews. One of those projects, actually one of the biggest initiatives for me last year, was to build and launch a side hustle online course of my own. Look, business is doing well through sponsorships and affiliate income, but I reasoned that those are income streams I don't have as much control over, so I thought I might try and build a third leg of the stool and hopefully help some people in the process. The impetus for this was Teachable's Creator Challenge. And the premise of that was uh, to research, create, and launch an online course over uh, over three months, over the summer. It was June, July, and August of last year. Teachable, for their part, was going to provide some uh, expert course creator support, a community of fellow instructors, and a little friendly competition. Like, hey, reach these milestones, we'll send you some gifts. Plus, if you sell more courses than anybody else, we'll fly you out to New York. That did ended up not being really relevant for me for reasons uh, we'll get into. Um, but people had been asking me about creating an online course for years. And since I tend to work better with a deadline, I jumped in on uh, this challenge from Teachable. Stick around in this episode to hear what happened next. First of all, it might make sense to explore the benefits and the appeal of an online course for students It's a way to condense the information they need to achieve some transformation they want. The information is online, it's on demand, it can be consumed at their convenience. And for instructors, there's a beautiful simplicity in the online course model, right? Uh, You can serve more people than you ever could one-on-one, and you can create something once and sell it over and over again. So if courses are so great, the question probably comes naturally, well, why hadn't I done one already. And the truth is that I had. Longtime listeners are going to remember this. So back in 2014, 2015, I actually put out a couple different courses. The first was a Kindle launch course that's uh, actually hosted on Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com. It walks people through the self-publishing process and hopefully sets up your Kindle book for success on Amazon. It's got Thousands of students got tons of positive reviews, and five plus years later, it's still kind of a surprising source of passive income. Like it still makes sales every month. The second course was a 30 day, I called it the Plan, Launch, and Hustle Challenge, which I ran a couple times in the fall of 2015. Well, the feedback for that was overwhelmingly positive. My students weren't reaching the monetary goals that they set in the course. Maybe the 30-day timeline was too tight, maybe the instruction sucked, or maybe it was just like information overload. In any case, the lack of student results was depressing for me. And because of that, I never ended up launching it to my full email list. So the first question that I had to ask after joining this teachable challenge was what to teach, what to create a course about. During Teachable's free webinar, they suggested that you begin your brainstorming stage with answering some questions like, what are you good at? What are you passionate about? What do people come to you for advice about? What kind of challenges have you personally overcome? What have you spoken about in the past if you've done speaking engagements? What uh, types of questions do 
people ask you on email, in comments, in your Facebook group, if you have one, what's the most popular content on your site? So I came up with some ideas uh, in response to those questions around affiliate marketing, blogging, podcasting, uh, around the topics of productivity. But the idea that most people come to me for advice on is finding a side hustle. And in my surveys of email subscribers, the dual pain points of coming up with an idea and just getting started always stand out. In fact, the segment of survey takers who uh, indicate they're still looking for an idea is often the biggest slice of the pie. And so I decided to put together a course to address that, to try and get folks off the sidelines and into the game, because that's such an empowering moment. Now, what makes for a good course? As I worked my way through Teachable University, and that's the the little mini course that the software platform provides to instructors, I took some more notes. And just a heads up here, if you're not familiar with Teachable, Teachable makes it super easy to set up and sell an online course of your own. They handle the hosting, video hosting, the sales pages, the payment processing, the student tracking, everything. And they've even got a free plan if you're just starting out a side hustle. Nation.com slash teachable is my affiliate link for that. The most important thing I took away from this training is that an online course needs to provide a transformation. What's the tangible outcome of your course? This isn't some, you know, university seminar somebody is just taking to fill in their class schedule and get graduation credits. They're taking this on their own time and out of their own interest. So what's going to be different in their lives after working through your material? The transformation that I came up with was going from no side hustle ideas to your first side hustle income. If I could provide that, that would be a really powerful transformation. And among side hustle show uh, guests and friends, I mean, there's a ton of other course transformation examples in the past. I mean, we've seen people put together courses on uh, maybe your transformation is to feel confident running Facebook ads. Jock Hopkins, to learn how to play modern songs on the piano in 21 days. Abby Ashley's, how to start a virtual assistant business. And even going back further, we had Teresa Greenway, how to bake awesome sourdough bread. Like think about that transformation. The other important thing an online course needs to do is to simplify the steps. The topic of creating a side hustle is something that I've been talking about for hundreds of blog posts, hundreds of podcast episodes, yet some people still haven't experienced really the life-changing thrill of those first job-free dollars. So why is that? And how could I break it down into the smallest actionable steps. That was my challenge in coming up with the material for the course. How to best distill the years, years and years of content into a step-by-step plan that works. With the topic of side hustling being hopelessly broad, and, and that's something that honestly held me back from creating a course for years, I knew I had to narrow the scope right away. So I decided to tackle the specific business model of starting a service business. Under that umbrella would be freelancing, consulting, coaching, and any number of other kind of just just do it for me types of services. So starting with service has the advantage of being uh, a very low cost or even zero startup cost. You can quickly validate your idea. And I think it may be the fastest path to the money milestone, right? How do you get to your first customers? It's an area that I've had some experience in from 
uh, painting houses to editing books. And I think it's a great way for people to begin side hustling. And on top of that, I found that more side hustle show guests started with a service business than with any other business model. So some safety in numbers there. I began outlining the course, but then remembered my notes from several podcast guests that had course businesses. And they said, don't build it and then sell it, sell it and then build it is what they advised. In other words, create a pre-sale. So I decided to introduce the course to a small segment of my email list with just a promise of what would be inside. In exchange for them taking a risk on me, they got a special discount on the purchase price. It was $99 for the pre-sale instead of $199 later. I'll talk a little bit more about pricing in, in a moment. Now to create this segment, I actually looked at the latest uh, survey responses, which from earlier in uh, in the year in 2019, and uh, kind of manually filtered those to people who indicated that they were still looking for an idea that said their uh, biggest goal was to just get started and noted that they were making like 500 bucks a month or less from their side hustle efforts so far, which naturally aligns with those first two things of still looking for an idea and wanting to get started. And importantly, I also filtered out everyone who said that they were most interested in starting an Amazon or e-commerce business, since that's not what this course would be about. Definitely wasn't a perfect science, but it did give me around 800 people to to message for this uh, pre-sale launch. I use uh, Active Campaign for uh, my email list. I've got a full Active Campaign review and demo on the blog, which I'll link up for you as well. So that pre-launch campaign ended up generating 20 sales, 20 sales out of 800 subscribers, um, 2.5% conversion rate. It was enough validation to continue with the challenge. And if I'm being honest, I was already kind of doing the math in my head of what a you know full press, full audience launch might look like. I'm like, okay, 2.5% times a 60,000 person email list times 200 bucks. That's almost $300,000, which would just be insane. And spoiler alert, that like didn't come anywhere close to happening. But that's kind of like what's going through my head uh, at this point. Uh, I sent three emails during this pre-launch sequence. The first was uh, introduction, basically, hey, I'm making this thing. Uh, I wanted to invite you to have a first crack at it. Email number two was the next day. It was the FAQ email, uh, the frequently asked questions that I'd uh, received or anticipated receiving. And then the third email was last chance, uh, basically, hey, the limited time half off uh, pre-sale special ends tonight. Are you in? But before you can even do a pre-sale, you got to do some work in Teachable. This is one thing that I learned in creating this. There's a ton of moving parts that go into uh, producing uh, a course and selling it. And it was a little weird because one of the ingredients that you needed to have to do a pre-sale was to have a landing page, have a method for people to pay you. And so thankfully, Teachable makes this easy to do, but it still was a little weird to create the sales page before the product was even finished. But such is uh, such is the nature of the presale. And I actually ended up buying a custom URL for this, which is totally unnecessary, but I thought it was good for branding or if I had ever had the occasion to mention it on a podcast just like this. In my case, it was startmysidehustle.com. Start mysidehustle.com has a nice ring to it, right? Uh, you can check out my sales page there and my my copywriting skills or lack thereof. Now on your sales page, what you're trying to do 
is identify your target audience, like who is this for, uh, empathize with their goals, their interests, their fears, their beliefs, their challenges. And you ha- I had all these survey responses and I've had you know years and years of communication with my audience. So I had an idea of those uh, those elements. And then you want to showcase your unique qualifications to help them. Getting back to the course itself, now validated with these 20 pre-sale orders, I began mapping out the curriculum. And for this, I actually found it really helpful as Teachable recommended to start at the outcome and work backwards. So I imagined a side hustler who just landed their first client. That was like the end goal of this thing. What was everything that had to happen to get them to that point? So from there, I created a reverse outline that looked like this, you know, starting with marketing and sales, ending in that first sale, idea selection and validation, idea generation, how are we going to come up with business ideas, business idea basics, what even is a business, what even is a side hustle, and then the foundation of the entrepreneur's mindset. That last section, which actually became the first section of the course, was based on a series of exploratory phone calls that I did with members of the Side Hustle Nation community. And I would ask them questions like, you know, what's holding you back from starting? Or if they'd already started, what held you back in the beginning? You know, what are your biggest fears related to your side hustle? And I was honestly surprised how often mindset related issues came up. Stuff like uh, imposter syndrome, fear of failure, fear of success. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I knew that I couldn't realistically cure decades of mindset issues in a few video lessons. I could at least start the process and provide some exercises that might help. With the course outline now in hand, my next task was filling in the blanks with actual words and lessons. For that, I actually scripted the whole thing out, almost word by word. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend you do the same, but it helped me feel more confident in delivering the material. In total, it was over 14,000 words, but I also wasn't starting completely from scratch. I'd had some content related to my outline in my archives and in various books that I'd written, so that helped build out the material, and it just had to be translated into video form. Now, if you're listening to this and creating your own course, if you're in a similar boat where this is a topic that you've covered for years, don't, you're not going to be starting from scratch either. I ended up shooting the course videos from my, quote, office, my home office recording studio that's in my kid's bedroom closet. It's the same place where I'm recording this podcast. Pretty simple setup for me. It's the Logitech C920 HD webcam. You can get it on Amazon. I've got the uh, Side Hustle Show banner behind me, which blocks the uh, backlight from the window. I got mine at halfpricebanners.com. I'm using just the same podcast recording mic and actually ended up buying a couple LED light strips just because the, uh, as you can imagine, the natural light uh, coming from the closet isn't ideal. So those helped brighten up uh, my shots. And then I used Screencast-O-Matic as my uh, video editing software. I tried to add in some uh, text and kind of image overlays just to try and make these videos more uh, visually interesting than just, you know, staring at my talking head the whole time. Now, a lot of the videos are just kind of those talking head style instructional videos, but I did add some that were PowerPoint slides or kind of like screen recording, look over the shoulder type of videos. Of the courses I've taken, I found I assigned those with a companion workbook uh, a higher perceived value. 
there was something that I could print off or use an online tool like PDF Escape to, to fill in the blanks, fill in the homework as I went. Now, for me, those workbooks took me from a passive student to a more active and action-taking learner. So naturally, the Start My Side Hustle course needed a workbook. I started working on this myself in Microsoft Word, but it didn't take long before I realized like this is not going to work. So I ended up working with a freelance virtual assistant to uh, build out that workbook in Canva, which is so much easier to work with for this kind of thing. And it's free. Super cool. The uh, workbook ended up being around uh, 20 pages, 22 pages, I think, and has got lots of fill in the blank sections related to the different exercises in the course. The final element of the course itself is a handful of surprise Easter eggs that I hid throughout. These were just meant to be fun little bonuses for students to uncover as uh, they went through the material. And I'm thrilled. Whenever anybody finds one and sends me a note, like that just lights me up inside. So that was just a fun little thing that I wanted to include. Once the videos were done and edited, it was time to upload that stuff to Teachable. And I found that the interface was straightforward, easy to use. And since I already had written notes for each uh, video lecture, it didn't take too long to add those uh, underneath each video and, and format those in a way that made sense. But like I mentioned, lots of moving parts in an online course business. Despite the perceived simplicity, the uh, the holy grail of, you know, creating something once and selling it over and over again, you know, maybe uh, I can get there and we'll get into it. But it was a lot of setup. So a couple other things that had to happen uh, early on were uh, creating a companion Facebook group. So most of the courses that I'm a student in have some sort of community element for peer support for instructor Q&A. So that was another step, creating a private uh, companion group for the Start My Side Hustle students. And then the question of what happens after somebody enrolls, there's this whole you know, thank you page, which Teachable helps you cover. Um, there was some kind of pre-enrollment, uh, you know, interest uh, waiting list uh, landing pages that I created with lead pages. And in Active Campaign, I wanted to make sure that people who bought, students that bought, were tagged as being course customers and they were kind of sent down an appropriate thank you message sequence, right? Like, hey, confirmation. Um, so I built out a short automation sequence in Active Campaign with some important links and next steps um, that goes out only to course buyers. Again, not super complicated, but just another thing to think about. So by the end of August, the Teachable Creator Challenge was over and I had reached the finish line. I created the thing and I'd sold it to 20 pre-sale students, but the real test was yet to come. Is this something that the broader Side Hustle Nation audience would be interested in. So I decided to open the doors again, again, for a limited time. Now, I don't love the idea of open and shut enrollment for a digital product like this, but I understand the importance of scarcity and helping people uh, make a choice and take action. So this time I created an active campaign segment of an audience who'd opted in for something related to side hustle ideas. Now, in hindsight, this wasn't the greatest targeting idea, but I didn't really think about that until later. Naturally, hey, if somebody is raising their hand looking for help with ideas and I build a product to help them with that, it seemed like a good fit. But here's, here's the reason why I don't think it was. So the example lead magnet here is like on my side hustle ideas page, sidehustlenation.com slash ideas. Uh, I've got 
an opt-in for a PDF version of that post. And over the years, thousands of people have opted in for that. But most people arrive on that post by Googling side hustle ideas or something like that. And I feel now in hindsight that an audience of podcast listeners may have been more receptive, or at least I'd have a better uh, relationship with with you tuning into this. But in any case, that gave me a launch list for this round of around 6,800 subscribers. Now, of those, around 300 people were on the official course uh, interest list. I'd started teasing out the uh, course creation process on the show, on the blog, and had begun collecting signups for people who wanted to be notified when it launched, right? So staying true to my word to my pre-sale students, I increased the price this time around to $199, which is probably the most I've ever charged for anything. But for whatever reason, that was the number that stuck. Didn't do any market research on that. It was just, hey, this seems reasonable. Not, not Not too low, not too high. Maybe I'm totally screwing up the pricing psychology. But in this launch, I, uh, again, had a set deadline, and I made a note that I was going to cap enrollment at 50 students, whichever came first, either the deadline hits or I enroll 50 people. And my idea here was I wanted to be able to support those who enrolled, but also give a little bit uh, a sense of scarcity, a little bit of urgency to it. And I ended up following the same three email sequence that I'd done with my pre-sale, but this time only 14 people bought. Right. 14 out of 6,800 is a pretty horrible conversion rate. And what about the, what about the 300 people who specifically asked to be notified when it was ready? That subsegment was very engaged, right? They had a fantastic open rate. I think it was over 70%. But of those, only four enrolled. So still a little over 1% conversion rate on that. So the question naturally is, what went wrong? What am I doing wrong here, guys? Uh, when I went to my mastermind group and asked them that question, they turned around and asked me about my pre-launch. Pre-launch, I said? You know, warming up your audience, letting them know you're going to be launching a product. Oh, you know, novel idea, right? So aside from that small group who'd opted in to be notified of the course, very few of these email recipients probably had any idea such a product was coming. And here I was jumping immediately into sales mode. So I vowed uh, to do a better uh, warm-up period next time. The last email of this launch sequence was kind of an awkward email to send, but it was an important one. So after the launch was over, I asked everyone who didn't enroll, why? Why didn't you enroll? I forget the subject line, but it was something like, you didn't enroll or you didn't buy. It was something very direct. And the responses included, uh, look, the timing just isn't right for me. Uh, the price is too high, which for the sake of uh, reference doesn't necessarily mean the price is too high. It's probably just an indicator that I need to do a better job of communicating the value. Um, the course material doesn't interest me. Fair enough. Uh, or I missed your email. Um, also, fair enough. That's the downside of a three-day launch. Um, now, perhaps the most important piece of feedback that came out of this was uh, to create a payment plan option and to accept PayPal, which is an option on the upgraded, I think, mid-tier teachable plan. So let's catch you up on the timeline. Now it's the end of September. In total, I've got 34 students and have earned around $4,500. So it's not bad, but it's not a home run success either, especially for the time that I've invested up until this point. Now, 
I've got what I feel like is a valuable asset on my hands. And to be fair, lots of other stuff that I'd built didn't take off right away either. But I wasn't sure what to do next. I felt like I was kind of in a holding pattern, waiting and hoping for testimonials and trying to encourage people to go through the material, trying to support the uh, occasional student who'd message me or leave a comment in the Facebook group. Like I was really confident. I am confident in the material and the impact it could have, but I didn't yet have, you know, a poster boy or poster girl who had come out the other side singing its praises. And in Teachable, you can see student activity. There's this little like analytics log and very few people were actually going through the course and a few customers, a few students never even logged in. That was discouraging for me. And maybe it was a numbers game. Maybe I just needed more students. So I reasoned that I spent all this time, all this energy to create this thing. I might as well get it out there. And my mastermind helped uh, convince me of this as well. Look, I know it can help people. So I set out to do one more open and shut launch. Only this time I did a few things differently. Determined not to make the same mistakes again, I studied a bunch of course launch uh, case studies and best practices. And this was a real rabbit hole. Um, (laughs) The one I referred to the most was uh, from Brian Harris, where he talks about launching his 10K subscribers course and making like a couple hundred grand, something insane, right? And I also studied up on Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. And some of his stuff is too, call it aggressive for my taste, but I was able to pick and choose what made the most sense for me. One thing recommended in Expert Secrets is to create what Russell calls the stack. This is everything your buyer gets when they buy your thing, and the sticker price needs to be several times more than what you're charging. So what I came up with was a total stack value of just over $1,000, which included full access to the course, the companion workbook, a tool to help you find more time in your day and your week, instructor and community support, the Easter eggs, and some special bonus case studies. So I added that to the sales page in an effort to improve the perceived value of this thing. Another thing I added here was a payment plan because several uh, would-be buyers from the last round had requested an installment purchase option. So it was easy uh, to create that in Teachable. So now instead of uh, just a one-off $199 purchase, people could pay in $200 installments. And for this launch, uh, more than a third of buyers took that option. 36% of buyers during this launch took that option. The big risk there, and I didn't really think about it, is now that there's now there's a chance that those rebuild payments, those future payments are aren't going to go through. Like the credit card is going to get declined, it expired, whatever reason. And sure enough, next month I started to get notices that the attempted second installment didn't go through. So some thoughts here. Number one is that some potential customers requested like $25 to $50 installment plans. And I didn't want to go that low because if, if your budget is already so tight, I would much rather have you focus on the massive library of free resources first, right? I don't want that to be uh, that big of a burden for you. And next time I might add maybe a 10 or 20% premium on the installment option to account for those failed future payments. Since the price was essentially the same, whether or not people paid in full, it was a dollar extra to do the installment, uh, it's hard to say that the installment option customers were really uh, incremental sales, right? 
And finally, I added a 10 minute, I called it a mini webinar video to the sales page. It walks through a Jeff Walker style problem, agitate, solve framework, and then finishes up by presenting the stack, right? Here's everything that's inside, but I'm not going to charge you a thousand bucks. You get it in for just $199. Now, I was pretty happy with that, and I, and I embedded that at the top of the sales page. You can go check out my effort at startmysidehustle.com. And the other thing I was intent on doing was uh, doing a better pre-launch, like my mastermind recommended. So instead of just coming out and announcing the course was for sale, I took my mastermind group's advice and warmed up the audience a bit first. This time, my launch segment was around 45,000 people and included just about the entire Side Hustle Nation email list, except those uh, specifically interested in e-commerce. So email number one, this was the problem email, and it addressed the uh, the the problem that everybody says, just start. The most common advice is to just start, but it's not clear what. What to start is the part that's left unsaid. So my subject line was just start, but what? Email number two was the agitate email. So this was in addition to needing to know what to start or to have a side hustle idea, you're also facing time constraints and money constraints. It was solely intended to, you know, poke at that wound. No solutions are presented in this agitate email. And I asked people to reply to this one with their biggest challenge and got over 200 responses. It seemed like this one really struck a nerve. And I tried to uh, reply to each of those. Like, I hear you, man. Um, and my subject line for this one was, which is it, Nick? Like, which is it, first name, which you can do in active campaign. And then ask people to reply, which which of the challenges was the most pressing for them. Email number three is the solve email. This was the last email of the problem agitate solve framework. And here's your idea to present the answer. The answer as demonstrated by 300 plus side hustle show guests, was to start a service business. This email also announced that the cart was open. My subject line was found this and presented the finding that, hey, out of all the side hustle show guests, more of them started with a service business than any other model. With the audience now primed and ready, I was ready for the sales to start rolling in. And to support the launch, I had several more promotional emails go out over the next few days. And along the way, I gave people the option to opt out of this specific promo. Hey, if this isn't for you, click here, but I'll let you stay subscribed to the broader newsletter. Always nice to give people that option. Again, something that's easy to do in uh, active campaign. So email number four was uh, the course is now open. Here's what's inside. Subject line for that was now open. Start my side hustle. The next day was an FAQ email, which is uh, basically copied and pasted from previous launches, plus added in any other questions that had come through. In the meantime, the subject line was, is start my side hustle right for me? The next email was what I called the logical appeals email. And this one only went out to subscribers who'd opened one or more of the previous messages. Like if you weren't opening any of these other pre-launch emails, it probably doesn't make sense to keep uh, pounding your inbox. At least that was my reasoning. It mentioned that uh, the course is closing tomorrow and highlights some of the benefits of following a proven plan instead of just going out, figuring it out on your own. And it also mentioned, hey, look, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee as a risk reversal. And my subject line for this one was, is start my side hustle worth it? 
The last email of this launch was uh, just the last day, the cart closing email. This was a quick message that I sent only to those people who'd clicked over to the sales page over the course of this week. In hindsight, I maybe I should have sent it to everybody or anybody uh, sent, sent it to the same segment as email number six, the logical appeals email that only went out to the people who had opened the email. Maybe hey, you open, but there's no urgency yet, so I'm not going to click over to the sales page in hindsight. So maybe I should have sent it to a broader list. But in any case, it gave a, a quick overview of look what here's what's included in the course and invited people to join before the doors closed. My subject line was, are you in Nick or are you in first name? You ready for the results? Drum roll. In total, 49 people bought, which ended up to close to $9,700 in total sales for the launch and brought me to around 14000 overall, including the first couple mini launches. It just wasn't the kind of epic six-figure launch that you read about online. In fact, the conversion rate of 49 divided by 45000 is almost laughably low. Put another way, out of every thousand people I emailed, 999 said, no thanks. Or more accurately, they said nothing at all. For addressing what I thought was the number one pain point for my audience, I was surprised by the apparent disconnect there. Um, But in any case, I got the course out there. That was something that I was proud to do. It was a fun project uh, to work on, even if the results weren't quite what I was hoping for. I think I did some things right, but obviously have a ton of room for learning and improvement as well, which begs the question, what's next? So as of right now, Start My Side Hustle is open for enrollment. My plan is to integrate some of the course sales messaging into my existing autoresponder sequences. I can add uh, links from existing freelance-related content that I have on the site. I can promote it on the podcast. Hey, startmysidehustle.com. Did it work? I think my biggest fear is that without a sense of urgency uh, that a deadline brings, people won't take action and enroll. But still, I see other bloggers. Look at Michelle Schroeder-Gardner from Making Sense of Sense. She's doing just fine with Evergreen Course Sales. So maybe I can crack the code. And if not, if it's just not working, I can switch back to this open and close model. And that is okay too. In any case, the asset is there and can continue to serve people given the attention. Now, all in all, I'm happy to have gone through the experiment of creating and selling a product of my own. I'm excited to support students as they go through and begin to see results. If you have any questions about the process or the course itself, definitely let me know. If you have any feedback on what I should have done differently to launch it, what I maybe should do differently in the future, definitely let me know. Always open to suggestions there. And that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.